Welcome back to Learn It From a Layman. Carl Christensen, joined again by Cameron and Matt. And we are together today to discuss the basics of the units of measurement. So there's a, a lot of a lot of different topics, a lot of different information we are going to cover in this podcast, but we're trying to keep it uh, hopefully relevant and useful. There's a lot of uh, measurement systems that we run into in life, a lot of different units of measure that I think that confuse the layman, such as myself, uh, including in preparation for this podcast. But hopefully we'll be able to uh, sort out kind of what uh, the current state of uh, international measurement systems uh, is and also what uh, you need to know as a layman when looking at uh, the interesting units uh, that you might not have particular particular familiarity with, like ohm. All right, um, so let's go ahead and dive in kind of at the shallow end, because that's where you should dive. Meters or length. Okay, so I guess to start off with, we have the International System of Units, that's or, or SI, the System, system, system a, oh, okay, Matt, can you say this in French? Uh, no, but it's the, uh, you know, international system or system international exactly horrible accent but yes that is what <laughs> si units is right, often exactly. referred to as metric okay well there you go um and so for length which is the one i think um when, when we talk about units of measure the first thing that jumps to mind is oh, okay you're talking like meters in the united states we you we don't of course with like the uh the holdovers from the old system, the uh, English system, and we use feet, yards, um, which isn't according to conventions these days. But so we're going to talk about uh, meters. Uh, and uh, so the meter has an interesting uh, history. Meters were originally defined here a couple hundred years ago as uh, one, ten mil one ten millionth of the distance from the equator to the North Pole. So that's uh, an interesting um background and the history of, of uh, what a meter is and since then it's gone through some different iterations to kind of refine it uh, currently it's defined as the length uh, of the path traveled by a light in a vacuum in one 299th millionth of a second almost 300 millionth of a second so that's not particularly useful as far as but obviously in, in practical terms we're talking uh, you know an average adult male probably in Europe and the United States are approximately, you know, just under two meters tall. Um, and so a meter is the oh. international standard way of measuring length. Matt, you Speak for yourself. S oh, significantly yeah. under two meters, two meters tall. tall. Okay. Well, Cameron, probably over two meters tall, right? Yes. Right. Five foot 17. <laughs> so Matt, anything else about uh, um, a meter that I need to yeah, maybe we should kind of cage the discussion a little more in terms of what these units are and kind of the overall structure of units. Sure, go ahead. And, and what I mean by that is within all of these units of measure, you have some fundamental units that uh, they, they don't break down any further than a, a certain basic level. Length is a basic unit of measure. You, there, there's nothing simpler than length. Likewise, for time, the second is a, a very basic unit of, of measure. You, you can't break time down uh, into anything derived. But there are other units of measure that are amalgamations or constructs that are based on those basic units. Uh, another base unit is mass. We use kilograms for mass. If you take mass and length and time and you smash them together in different ways, you can get different derived units like force and pressure and things like that. And so we'll step through the basic units and then we'll talk about some of those derived or secondary units and what they mean. Um, why they're important, why you do or possibly don't care about them. Um, on top yeah, of that, so there's another, sorry, let, let me go, go to no, one go more. There, there's another class um, 
you can call this coherent derived units. This is where you take one of those basic units like length and you combine it with itself in some weird way um, or 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 uh, an, uh, another type of unit. Anyway, um, area. Area is a coherent derived unit. It's meters squared, meters times meters, length times length. Uh, volume is another one, length times length times length. That's an example of a coherent derived unit. Um, just another class that we'll talk about as we jump through the different ones. Yeah. Sorry, you were saying? No, I was I was going to say, yeah, I think that's um, it is useful to put that structure around it. Starting with talking about length is something I think that the layman's familiar with, but this is also very useful to understand that the, yeah, there's this whole uh, very basic construct uh, and and structure to uh, defining what a unit of measurement is, like Matt just said. So in the uh, international system of units, like Matt said, there are these base units, and there are seven of them. So we're going to discuss, we'll touch on a couple of them uh, more in depth than others, and then Matt will give us a few other derived units that I think we run into frequently. And uh, But yeah, meters being one that I think uh, everyone's familiar with. The other six, so there's seven total, but the other seven, uh, six base units are the second, which Matt touched on. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about each one of these, but the kilogram, uh, the ampere, the Kel uh, Kelvin, mole, and candela. Uh, and so each of these have their own abbreviations. They each, uh, uh, represent different quantities. And as we talk about each one of these, we're going to discuss what those quantities are and, and potential derived units that you'll see that might be useful to you and some constants that you might need to be familiar with in order to understand what these units are. Now, this is a podcast I think a lot of people uh, might gloss over in favor of touching on in calculus or something more. There's no syst a system of uh, units uh, class in college that I'm aware of, but this is very fundamental to lots of the, your physical science classes. And um, understanding the, these units of measurement will give you a better understanding of lots of these uh, chemical uh, uh, chemistry related or physical science related or any of these hard science related uh, subjects uh, use these measurements obviously all the time that's uh, it's very foundational to uh, being able to uh, make any type of uh, discovery so uh, let's talk briefly about the second the second is once again one that the, the layman is familiar with and in order to uh, once again, Matt, Matt said these are you know base units. We don't, you know, you, you don't go further down the, the time. Uh, you you can I mean you could say okay well what about a millisecond? Well that is once again you establish a base unit the, the unit of a, a second, uh, and and everything is derived based on that. So in, in the case of a second, the the, the definition is the duration of the uh, number of periods of radiation corresponding to the transition between the two hyperfine levels of the ground state of cesium-133. Uh, all fancy words essentially say it, it's derived, you get the, the uh, what the length of a second is based on a measurement of the cesium-133 atom. Matt, anything you might add to that or something that would make that clearer? Uh, yeah, just, um, well, like you were saying, uh, the second is a base unit. Any other measurement of time is derived from the second. Millisecond is a fraction of a second. A minute is just a whole bunch of seconds. An hour, same thing. It's all derived from that base unit, the second. And the second is defined, as you were saying, essentially by the amount of time that it takes for a cesium-133 in its ground state to jiggle a whole bunch of times, like, what is it, 9 billion times or something? Uh, yes, that's correct, 9 billion. Yeah, 9 billion jiggles of a cesium-133, and that is one second. Which is not particularly relevant to, uh, you know, our, our general day-to-day -day interaction with seconds, but is uh, how do you define you know what a one second is i think it's important for the layman to understand once again just that well nine 
billion jiggles of the cesium-133 atom sounds about as esoteric as you could get, uh, it is important that we have some type of, of re reproducible way of saying, okay, this is exactly what a second is, as opposed to however long it takes for your watch hand and then the gears inside of it to tick or whatever. You know? Well, and these definitions have changed over time. Um, the meter used to be defined as the length of a metal bar that was kept in some vault in France. And that was the meter stick. That was it. The meter was the length of this bar. Um, and then people realized, actually, bars made out of metal decay over time. We got to figure it out to something that will never change uh, a more correct and scientifically based definition. And that's why the meter became the distance that light travels in vacuum in that fraction of a second. That's why time the definition of a second has now become 9 billion cesium-133 atomic jiggles. I don't know that the uh, International Committee recognizes the term jiggle, but you get what I mean. <laughs> but they should. No, I, I actually, um, I, I saw this video that I think is relevant to this subject of, of just being able to tightly define something I think that the layman can better understand. So I, um, here, I don't know, a number of months ago, David Spade went golfing with Tiger Woods. Um, this is definitely where we get, want to get our scientific knowledge. I think so. No, mm. but this is, this is important here. Um, and uh, at one point, David Spade was saying something about, uh, to Tiger Woods about, um, you know, using a guesstimate for, you know, distance in the golf course or whatever. And he said, oh, you you probably use guesstimates sometimes too. And it was funny that Tiger Woods just smiled and laughed, uh, obviously implying that, no, I, I actually don't do that. The guesstimates are not part of, of you know, the, the best golfer in the world's vocabulary, right? They have exact measurements. They know exactly. And that's, once you get in the physical sciences saying, oh, we, we think seconds are about this, you know, that's not going to cut it when you're in CERN and measuring, um, you know, how fast a, uh, a subatomic particle is traveling. You can't kind of know what a second is or a nanosecond, you know, that these things have to be very tightly defined in order to make these precise measurements that will, you know, help us define the, the rules of physics. So guesstimates are good enough for the layman, but better understanding of a uh, better definition of a meter, you know, instead of just a metal bar, uh, an actual exact distance uh, as defined by the speed of light, by a constant. Um, these things matter when, when you're doing very fine uh, and important uh, measurements that are going to help uh, us define what laws are. So. Hopefully that Tiger Woods analogy landed, but if not, you can go watch the video and at least you'll be entertained. Uh, okay, let's move on to kilograms. So we've I think got that's seconds. a great idea. <laughs> okay, uh, seconds and meters we've discussed. Now kilograms. Once again, kilograms very familiar to uh, I believe once again everyone in their day-to-day -day life. Um, probably okay, not in the United States, and I guess that's our biggest listener base. So if you are not familiar with the kilogram, that is a measurement of mass uh, in or, or uh, so we use pounds to, to measure weight here in the United States. Um, kilograms far more uh, useful elsewhere. Oh boy, sounds like we just made a layman error right here. Can't say. Or, uh, yeah, difference between weight and mass, I understand, but is you know. massively significant and frequently overlooked. Pounds well, we can discuss and kilograms that. are not interchangeable. But but will you weigh yourself? Okay, well then maybe you should. Uh, but you weigh yourself in kilograms outside of the United States, right? Uh, no, that is a layman misconception. Um, and and you know now is as good a time to hit on this as any. But we'll come back to it in more detail later. Can I Mass. Talk about it? Yeah, actually, go go right ahead. All right. Okay. So mass is a constant. Um, weight is not. Weight is ba based on the pull of gravity. So if you lived in Jupiter, it has a higher amount of gravity, so you would weigh more or less on the moon. So that's why you use mass 
because it's a constant. Yeah, mass is defined as the amount of stuff. It's your mass. Okay, so yeah, the so amount of is, stuff will never weight change. Weight is proportional to mass. Yes, depending on the local gravitational forces and wells. Right, so it's more um, of like a derived unit. It's a combination. It absolutely of... is, and what it really is is force. Weight by itself is not actually a recognized measure unit it's force pounds are force the metric analog to pounds is actually newtons if i'm over there in the uk i don't weigh myself and say oh i weigh you know 50 kilograms i i weigh a certain number of newtons this is why british people are so unhappy all the time it's they have to talk in newtons and we can talk in pounds depending on uh, on what part of the UK they they might weigh themselves in stone. Right, and that's just all kinds of messed up. <laughs> hey, our second biggest user base is the UK, so you need to watch out. Uh, poor guys. So we should be clear. Um, we're going to focus on metric or SI units, um, even though you know in the United States we're we're kind of backwards about this, and I don't understand why. I mean. The, the units that we use most often, miles and pounds and all of that, that comes from a system known as the British system or imperial units. And you'd think that the United States, being one of the first to throw off the shackles of the crown, we would have been one of the first to jump away from British units. But no, Aha. for some reason, we're still stuck on that. I can't understand why. As an engineer, it drives me nuts. But... Um, Anyway, yeah, we're going to focus on SI or metric units here. Correct. Yes. I mean, as much, in as much as it's uh, uh, more scientifically relevant, even though are your uh, listeners all hail from places that would probably, well, maybe not all, but a, a lot of our listeners would prefer us to talk about pounds, but we're not going to. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So, so let's um, get back to kilograms. And yes, what those kilograms. Are. Okay. So not weight. Weight so, is a uh, is a proportional. Weight is a force. Yes, exactly. But and kilograms is mass. It is a uh, it is an amount of mass. And well, it's, it, yeah, it's it's an amount of matter. Mass means some amount of matter. Okay. Um, and the kilogram it says it's defined by setting the Planck constant H to six point six two six and whatever uh, to ten to the negative thirty fourth. Uh, given the definitions of the meter and the second. Yeah. So, so what uh, that means is that the kilogram used to be literally defined as the mass of some wad of metal that was kept in France somewhere that was labeled this chunk of metal. I don't think that's what they label it as. One kilogram. It absolutely is. It was <laughs> the same as the meter bar. Right. Um, I actually see, uh, yeah, there's and, pictures of that. So. And it ran into the same uh, issues that over time, that one kilogram mass would shed matter through natural decay processes. And so you couldn't keep that as a lasting standard. And you had to come up with something that was more mathematically correct. Um and that, that's a little bit easier to do with length because you have the speed of light that you can measure. It's not too hard to do with time because you have your friendly cesium atom. Um, but it is a little bit more difficult with mass. Uh, fortunately, there is a mathematical constant known as the Planck constant that relates uh, mass and length and time all together to one number and when you smush those things together you get the Planck constant well because you have that relationship if i say that my total my Planck number is going to be uh, whatever it says that it was 6.626 times 10 to the negative 34th I, i'm just going to say that that's what it is well, I already have my definition for seconds. I already have my definition for meters. That locks my definition of kilograms as well and makes it a perfect, repeatable, mathematical construct that will endure forever. And so those first three base units 
are all independent and yet at the same time tied together by that Planck constant. Planck has come up in the uh, podcast in the past. So I lived, I believe, at the turn of like the, the 20th century, uh, a contemporary with Einstein, if I'm not mistaken. And so, Blackbeard, yes. Blackbeard. Never mind. The pirate. Oh, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> oh, walk the plank. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I get it now. It wasn't worth getting. <laughs> okay. All right. But yes, uh, now we've established what a uh, what mass is and how mass and length and time are related, given the plank constant. So those are the first three units of measurement, um, base units of measurement. So let's talk about ampere. Uh, that is your electrical current measurement. Uh, and that is one that a layman is not familiar with. And as I so frequently do in these podcasts, represent the layman, I have almost no familiarity with Ampere. Now, I think you see it occasionally. You notice it, though it, I think, goes, um, well, over my head, at least, when you're looking at a plug and it says, you know, 20 amps, uh, what an amp exactly is has always kind of escaped me. I try to match numbers to numbers, but uh, what exactly? It's it, the flow of electricity, one over over a very large 1.602 times 10 to the negative 19th times elementary charge E per second. Yep. That is the definition of an ampere. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a measure of flow, except it's electrical charge flow. Uh, think about the flow of water, and we measure the flow of water in, you know, gallons per minute or liters per second or whatever it is. Well, when you're measuring electrical charge, you're, you're not looking at um, kilograms or, or mass. You're looking at charge, uh, and 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 so instead of mass per second, have charge. Uh, essentially per second um and so you're an ampere is a little bit flow of electrons right a what you're basically measuring the flow of electrons yeah uh, yep you're measuring the flow of charge the flow of charges and one amp is approximately 6.2 times 10 to the 18th charges per second flowing. The big thing is that's really how much electricity you have running through your wire. So the more amps, the more dangerous it might be to interact with the electricity coming that that is uh is in your yeah. home. Yeah, don't don't touch amps. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that was terrible, but yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay, let's move on. So that's electricity. So here here's a good real-world example. So when you're charging your phone, you'll see different amperage, like 2.3 or something like that. The lower amps charge your phone slower because it has a slower flow of electricity versus your higher amperage. But yeah. a high, really high amperage will burn your phone out. Uh, yeah, it totally will. If you put too much flow through two I mean, it's just like water. If you too, put too much water through too narrow of a channel, it's going to flood and ruin everything. If you put too much charge through a insufficiently sturdy conductor, it's going to burn, melt, explode, you know, those types of things. All bad words. All bad words. Very good. <laughs> things you certainly don't want to happen to your phone. So no. don't do that. Or um, your house or anything else. Exactly. Uh, that's good. Thanks, Cameron. Okay, Kelvin. So this is obviously the uh, measurement of temperature, specifically thermodynamic temperature. We have a podcast about the basics of thermodynamics where we talk about Kelvin. Uh, but in the, in the context of this podcast, we're just talking about uh, obviously measurement of, of movement uh, molecular movement. So, as the Kelvin is defined by setting the fixed num uh, numerical value of the Boltzmann constant K to 
1.38 times 10 to the negative 23rd joules, uh, given the definition of the kilogram, the meter, and the second. So once again, it's another constant that in, in our, that involves all of these, some of these other um, base units, in order to give us an exact measurement of of thermodynamic temperature. Now, the interesting thing about Kelvin, which once again we touched on in the past, is uh, at zero degrees Kelvin. So this is measured in degrees. Um, you have absolute zero. That means no movement, uh, no molecular movement um, is unattainable. Uh, we can, I can't get uh, to absolute zero. And uh, yeah, what else am I missing, Matt? And that's pretty much it. Kelvin is temperature, and just like the Planck's constant and mass with kilograms, you have the Boltzmann constant uh, relating some of those other base units in such a way that we can mathematically define what temperature is, what Kelvin is. Yeah, so not that, that it's going to necessarily stick, but if you want to relate Kelvin to the scales that we use more frequently or more familiar with, so Celsius for most of the world and Fahrenheit for the United right. States because we like to do things differently. Uh, in uh, water on the Kelvin scale freezes at 273.15 Kelvin. Yes. And it boils at 373.15 Kelvin. So... Uh, given that we know where and when water boils according to these the other scales, uh, obviously in, in Celsius we're talking freezing at uh, zero and uh, boiling at 100, and in Fahrenheit randomly 32 for freezing and 212 for boiling. Um, so it uh, gives you kind of uh, the idea that Kelvin is a very different scale, obviously measuring something more accurately and specifically thermodynamic movement once again. I did want to do a quick aside because, like I said, most of the world's familiar more with the Celsius scale than it, the uh, than Kelvin. The uh, just his interesting historical fact: so his uh, Celsius was uh, originally so it's named after in a Swedish astronomer Anders Celsius, and his scale actually uh, was the opposite. Uh, he had water boiling at zero and freezing at a hundred, uh, but uh, there was another. Uh, other scientists that had the uh, scale uh, developed about the same time and it had to flip and that obviously made uh, a, a little bit more uh, sense to the uh, most people and so uh, that's what stuck it is named after celsius however under celsius uh, swede and familiar with it uh, being a centigrade scale meaning 100 grades so from zero to 100 obviously and uh, measuring water freezing and boiling and so uh, that's how we get our, the scale that we use most, most frequently, the one that most of us are uh, more familiar with when talking about, say, the weather outside. We don't generally give that in Kelvin. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the conversion between Celsius and Kelvin share the same scale in terms of um, one degree Kelvin and one degree Celsius represent the same amount of relative thermal change uh, it's just that the scale starts at a different place kelvin starts with zero at absolute zero and celsius starts with zero at 273.15 kelvin or the freezing point of water so i mean i think you should we should kind of talk about when carl was giving the definition of kelvin it he mentioned joule which is a term of energy and so when we're talking about the thermodynamics, we're, that's why we're talking zero Kelvin, which means there's no energy produced, so no movement. So that's kind of based on the, you know, kind of goes back to what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. All like I said, all of these things have uh, are related. So it's hard to, you know, when we're talking about base units. You think, oh, each one stands alone, but stands alone in that they all have important places in defining each other. Therefore, you know, it's like a prime number, you know, um, but uh, but yeah, there there are certainly are interrelated. And uh, OK, let's move on now. We are on. Let's see. Where are we? We are on moles. So that is uh, the measurement of the amount of a substance. 
And so uh, when we're talking about measurement of the amount of, when we think mole, you think about your chemistry class, you think about measuring atoms. So amount of substance is exactly 6.022 times 10 to the 23rd uh, elementary en entities. This number is a fixed numerical value of the Avogadro constant uh, when expressed in the unit mole to the negative first power. Okay, so moles, we're measuring the amount of the substance, we're measuring atoms, uh, and once again, we have uh, familiarity with this, I think, is mostly in chemistry class. Uh, anything to add, Matter Cameron? Yeah, uh, the really handy thing with the mole is that this is the amount of atoms that you need to collect in order for your sample of some element to have close to its atomic number as it uh, well to get the atomic number of the element as mass in grams okay what do i mean by that that's weird um well carbon carbon 12 carbon is is right there on the periodic table um that's the thing and if you have avogadro's number of carbon atoms 6.0 times or 6.02 times 10 to the 23rd if you have one mole of carbon atoms, then you have 12 grams of carbon. And likewise with hydrogen, if you have one mole of hydrogen atoms, you'll have roughly one gram of hydrogen. Okay. It, it is not precise for all elements, but it gets you generally pretty close. And you can find tables in your chemistry textbook that show you exactly how much mass you get for one mole of each element. And in general, it's pretty close to the element's atomic number. Right, okay. Let's move on to the last base unit of measure, and that is the candela. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Once again, zero day-to-day uh, -day from familiarity with this one. Uh, it, we're measuring luminous intensity. Uh, so I'm measuring uh, it says it is in a luminous intensity in a given direction of a source that emits monochromatic radiation of frequency 5.4 to 10 to the 14th hertz and has a radiant intensity in that direction of 1 683rd watt per steradian. Steradian, thank you. Uh, layman reading scientific uh, definitions, going well. But this is uh, measuring obviously it says luminous intensity so matt how does that relate to uh what we talked about uh um we had a a podcast a long time ago about frequencies and the electromagnetic spectrum is this related to that yeah it is so the the definition has you assume a certain wavelength or frequency of light and uh, what was it it was uh, 5.4 times 10 to the 14 hertz Right. Um, so, you know, that, that wavelength of light, if, if you take whatever color that is and you emit it from a source that has a certain amount of brightness, uh, that's the radiant intensity. Um, if you, if you have that shade of light and you emit with a certain brightness of source, you'll get a certain amount of light at another point and and that is your luminous intensity and that is what the candela is it's the light that you get out of uh out of a given source uh, one candela being defined as the light that you get um from assuming that you're emitting uh whatever shade that is that that frequency and that you are emitting with a certain base brightness, if that makes any sense. So a certain shade, a certain power, if you will, put that together and you have the very basic foundation of the candela. Okay, and this might be a good time to um, review. So once again, I think this came up in our podcast from a year or two ago about what a hurt, what hurts is. Also another unit, uh, and it comes up in the definition here, what so hertz re relates to measuring waves right hertz is cycles per second 
Right. Um, and it relates directly to time. It's a derived unit from time and time alone. Um, it is actually one over time. So if you have one second, uh, you can think of Hertz as one seconds. No, you can't. That's terrible. Um, <laughs> okay. But yeah, it's uh, it it literally is expressed as one over s uh, okay. for seconds, or or one over t for time. Right. And and if anyone and, else, and, sorry. I'm sorry. Hertz really is one over s for second. That's what Hertz is. Cycles or or activities per second. And that's why okay. we call it frequency. It's how frequently something happens. It happens a certain amount of times every second. And if you want a more in-depth uh, discussion of the measurement of time, because I know we talked about that here half an hour ago briefly about the seconds and uh, and how, you know, the, how we get the duration of the second by the cesium atom. We didn't discuss that specifically, but we do have a, a podcast about the measurement of time. So we're bringing a lot of our podcasts here together in order to establish this uh, unit of measurement uh, framework for uh, for all of these different uh, fields. Uh, but let's talk about a couple other units of measurement. So we've talked about these seven base units, uh, and then these Matt discussed derived units and, and how you can get some of the put these together and, and uh, these base units together in order to get a derived unit but there are a few that we interact with frequently and or are used even to define some of these base units so let's talk a little bit about so we talked about newtons matt what what is exactly what one newton is is uh, amount of force right yeah let, yeah let's let's talk about force and and then pressure if we could yeah um so force and and weight they're often used interchangeably and they're often confused together and at some Even level like they are interchangeable earlier, yeah earlier this they, podcast well yeah, yes uh, there we were confusing um force and mass right um but but i'm talking force and weight uh and well it it, it is just that it is the mass of something multiplied by an acceleration and here on planet earth uh, we've talked about in other podcasts how there is a constant acceleration down towards the center of the earth that's brought on by gravity and at sea level that acceleration is 9.81 meters per second squared well if you take that and you multiply that by your mass you get your weight you get the amount of force that um, that gravity exerts on you. Okay. And and that is measured in newtons. And again, the the unit for newtons in in SI units is uh, it is kilograms times meters uh, over time squared or, or over second squared. So mass times length divided by time squared that's how you get force or newtons um, the analog for force in uh, the ye old timey british units is pounds right and they don't speak we... of pounds <laughs> except that we do almost all the time in the united states yeah i know all right, so let, let's say that you have that force and, and you want to use that force to determine how much force you're going to apply to a thing. Uh, well, that's kind of where pressure comes into play. Pressure is measured in force on a given area. Uh, now, we kind of hinted at this, but area has its own measurement, and that's length times length, uh, meters times meters, or meters squared. And so pressure is is just force on an area, so it becomes newtons per square meter. Um, now, what you had before, if you remember, because you all wrote this down, newtons are mass times length over time squared. Well, if you take mass times length over time squared, and you divide that by length squared 
one length cancels out with the other length and you're left with a single remaining length in the denominator, uh, you get kilograms over length times time squared. Kilograms okay. divided by meters, divided by seconds, divided by more seconds. Okay, and that's... Um, Newtons per meter squared. That's pressure. And right. and I'm sorry, I haven't even said the name of this thing. That's, uh, the unit is the Pascal. Uh, the right. shorthand notation is capital P, lowercase a. Uh, and where is one, that used, Matt? Uh, in pressure. The, now, again, ye old timey analog is pounds per square inch, PSI. Right. Right, and that's uh, what use the that. layman is familiar with, right? Right. Well, if the layman is a American, um, <laughs> right. but yeah, I mean, you, you use this for all kinds of things when you're building submarines, when you're pumping up your CO2 gun, whatever, uh, air compressors, all of these things. In uh, any time you're looking at pressure, you're looking at psi, pounds per square inch, and remember, pounds is just force, and square inch is an area. Or if you're getting with the rest of the modern world, instead of using pounds per square inch, you use newtons per square meter, and you have pascals. So that is pressure. Really quick aside before we move on, because I think we're going to hit one or two more before the mm. end of the podcast here. But I did want to invite anyone that's listening to this podcast. So I, I always try to talk about a new area of the, the world that's either tuned into our podcast or something along those lines. So our last podcast being an interview and a discussion of Taiwan with Brent Christensen, who was the director of the, the former director of the American Institute uh, in Taiwan. Uh, he uh, obviously has piqued a little bit of interest in Taiwan, so our Taiwanese audience has grown significantly. Uh, so welcome to anyone listening uh, either in Taiwan or the South uh, Southeast Asian area. So we have got a, obviously a number of people listening from there. And if you have any interest in, in Taiwan, I recommend our last podcast, a lot of information from a very knowledgeable guest. So that is uh, all right, aside to our listeners, but let's move back. Okay, so Matt just described pressure. What about joules? We talked about joules in relation to they they help define a few of the or at least one of the base units of measurement. What is a joule? Uh, a joule is a, a complicated nightmare of a unit um, because <laughs> it immediately leads into all of these other units having to do with uh, heat, work, power, charge, and all these other things. Um, recommend that you, uh, you know, some of our viewers maybe go back to the uh, basics of thermodynamics, I believe, where we talk about um, some of that. But in short, joule is energy or heat. Um, it is, well, it's just that. It is a derived unit and it is mass times area over time squared so mass times meters squared over i'm sorry mass times length squared over time squared um, in si units one joule is one kilogram times one meter times one meter divided by one second squared okay that and was complicated I, I know it is. Um, think of it as just energy. Um, and then if that doesn't work, think of it as power. And then punch yourself because that is totally different. It's a different unit. Power and energy are not the same. And power is measured by our next unit, the watt. Uh, and a watt is, uh, and, and, and power are defined as energy per second. One watt is one joule per second. Um, I talked about <clears throat> a very basic analogy with a light bulb. If, if you light up a light bulb, it consumes energy, and it consumes energy at a certain rate. Um, every second, a 60-watt light bulb consumes 60 joules of energy, 60 chunks of energy. Um, and it will consume 60 chunks of energy every second uh, until it burns out and dies. Uh, and, and that is 
that that's the relationship. Um, you have a certain amount of energy that's being chewed up in a certain amount of time, and that gives you your power. Your power is your energy in a certain amount of time. Watts specifically being one joule of energy per second is one watt. Any questions on power and energy? I think it is important to relate this to the gigawatts uh, and back to the future. Yep, 1.21 gigawatts. I don't know why they pronounce it gigawatts. Maybe that's right, but if it is, I refuse to believe in science anymore. <laughs> um, that's 1.21 billion watts, which is the same as 1.21 billion joules of energy, little energy chunks, consumed in a single second. And... Uh, when you deal with time travel like they do in that movie, seconds really come into play as well. Yeah. Uh, now, here's the thing that's interesting. When you think about it, to power that flux capacitor, what did he actually need? It said he needed 1.21 gigawatts, but is that correct? Because watts is flow. It's an amount per second. I could give you 1.21 gigawatts, but if I give it to you for one billionth of a second, how much energy have I actually given you? I've only given you 1.2 joules. Is that enough to power your flux capacitor? Uh, Absolutely not. So that movie, shockingly enough, may have contained a scientific inaccuracy. I find that incredibly hard to believe. I know. Um, but Dr. Brown did not need 1.21 gigawatts to power his flux capacitor. He needed a certain amount of joules uh, to power it, and he needed to get that amount of power at a certain rate. So his statement that he needed 1.21 gigawatts is incomplete. Uh, it, at, at minimum, he should have said, I need 1.21 gigawatts for a certain amount of time. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I know. And the remake, I'm sure that they'll get that. I, I don't know if I can continue to listen to this podcast. I know. We probably <laughs> just lost our audience from 1985, but that's okay. Okay. And, All right. Uh, Let's talk about a few more before we yeah. uh, close Let's up. say one or two more, and then we'll wrap up. <laughs> yeah. Um, th- those three that we just talked about, uh, the the Newton, the Pascal, the Joule, and the Watt, those four that we just talked about, that's what I said. Those are derived units. Um, they all relate back to those uh, seven basic units. There are still more, the coherent derived ones that I mentioned, and I just want to hit a few of them. I already talked about area simply being length times length and volume being length cubed, length times length times length. A um, couple others that are important. I, I've mentioned acceleration before. That's meters per second per second. And, and acceleration relates to, well, it, it, it's tied to uh, motion. And when we're talking motion, we're talking velocity as well. Velocity or speed is simply distance over time, length over time, meters over seconds, meters per second. Alternatively, if you are uh, can, stuck in uh, British peasantdom, it's miles per hour. It's a distance per time. Uh, acceleration is the change in velocity in a specific time. So in order to capture that, I have to have velocity as part of my unit. That's my meters per second. And the change in that over a certain time, so meters per second per second. Uh, that's what acceleration is, the change in your meters per second every second, meters per second squared. And I mean, we could, we could go on and on in some of these other uh, units, but those were um, kind of some of the basic ones. The last and final one that I wanted to hit was density. And that is just how much stuff, how much mass you have in a specific volume. Uh, so mass, kilograms, volume, that's going to be length times length times length. 
um, or meters cubed. How much mass and how much volume? Mass per volume, that's kilograms per cubic meter, kilograms per meter cubed. Uh, so that, that's your um, measurement for density. Uh, and, th and there's a number of others, and, and you know, feel free to look up some of these uh, more or less esoteric ones, uh, flux, luminance, all, all of these other things, Tesla, conductivity and so forth, Teslas, that's a unit. Um, but I, yeah, that, that I think is, is kind of a good introduction to some of the more common units of measure that you'll run into in, in basic physics and, and, and your introduction to some of the different sciences. Yeah, I think it's really useful, once again, to have this framework and an understanding of why this would matter, uh, having an understanding and an exact understanding of what these different units mean and how they are interrelated. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's going to be, like Matt said, very useful in uh, you know, these, these uh, hard sciences. Um, but I think this is very basic human thing you know uh, we can measure i think you come out uh, of the womb measuring different things i mean as a kid you're measuring how far you can run how fast and so it's a pretty basic instinct to measure and as we progress in science uh, our measurements are more and more uh, exact and that helps us uh, make these improvements in our understanding of uh, the world and and uh, the laws of science so uh, once again, I hope this was really um, informative. I hope this was relevant. And uh, I will have any last words, Matt or Cameron and Tim, who's joined us. Uh, I hope not. I intend to be on this podcast in the future. Thank you. <laughs> Final words about units of measurement and or back to the future. Remember, kids, winners don't do cesium. <laughs> Nine billion jiggles. I don't think uh, we can end on a better note than that. <laughs> uh, you would be so incorrect. Have you listened to this podcast before? Where's that <laughs> Ramstein music? <laughs> um, okay, Cameron. Don't, don't be confused with the mole that lives in the ground and the amount of yes. atoms that make up. Yeah, I don't. T-shirt. You have a picture of a mole and then... <laughs> 6.02 times 10 to the 23rd. There we go. There we go. Another another uh, merch that uh, our podcast is going to create. Okay, wonderful way to end the podcast. Thank you, Cameron. Yes. Um, All right. <laughs> uh, Tim? I'll just, say, I'll just say that, speaking of measurement, my time spent with you guys is timeless. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Don't think that. All right. Well, once again, thank you. Um, hopefully you understand better units of measurement and join us again in the future for a discussion of uh, we're going to be talking about the 19, all these other podcasts that we tease. We will deliver on. We delivered on this one. We're going to deliver on the other ones. Tell your friends, uh, rate us on uh, different, uh, follow us on Spotify, all those different things. And we will see you uh, back for our next podcast.